All right, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time zone it is that you're tuning in from. This is Coach Latham. I am a life coach. I am a professor, a police officer, a consultant, a dog dad, and a fitness enthusiast. You can get daily affirmations or sign up for life coaching sessions by following me on Instagram or Twitter at Coach Latham underscore PhD. All right. Hello. Hello. So I promised um, one of my listeners after I did my engagement stuff uh, that I would I was looking for ways to develop some new content. So one of the things that uh, happens, especially when you are creating like content on your own, is uh, you run into like content creator block. Right. Uh, It's kind of like writer's block, really pretty much the same thing and and like just the ideas are not flowing right so you um are kind of like really in your groove doing your thing knocking it out knocking it out and then uh one day or sometimes for weeks at a time it's like you just can't seem to pull anything out of the air so that was the purpose of um reaching out to uh, my listeners and asking them like what are some things that i haven't answered um and and actually i got enough to do probably like three or four more episodes and there's actually going to be a new one dropping as well um this sunday for a collaboration that i did with my buddy keith uh on his show called keith chronicles but today what i want to talk about are the 10 steps to develop the life that you really want now this list is not all inclusive and it's not going to capture everything for everybody right because Life is not uh, a linear thing, right? It just kind of goes up and down, up and down, up and down. If you think about like on a medical drama or somebody's hooked up to one of the um, like the machines that takes takes a check of your vitals. And every time you get that heartbeat, you see it kind of do 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 do. Right. So that's kind of what we're looking at here. That's this. This is how life works. Right. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. It goes up. It goes down. And it does like. A little like waver, then it goes back up again. So that's kind of what we're talking about today, okay? So um, the list is a little bit longer than 10 steps, but um, let's just dive right into it. Let's take our notes. Um, let's let's listen with fresh ears, uh, view it with fresh eyes, whatever, and let's get started. So um, if you saw the TikTok video that I did, then you already know what steps one through five are. Now, because we have more time, we're going to dig a little bit deeper into those. OK, so um, step number one was to be honest with yourself. And what I was really what I was really trying to, to focus on here with being honest with yourself was being able to identify your strengths and your weaknesses. Right. And and, and this goes along with being able to take that constructive criticism. OK, um, we're not going to be the best at everything. We're not going to be the worst at everything. But sometimes where we struggle at is we really focus very heavily on the things that we're good at. We only want to do what we're good at. That's it. So if I'm good at math, I only want to do things that involve numbers. If I'm good at reading and writing, I only want to do things that involve words, right? 
Um, and, and if you confront me with something that I'm not comfortable with, then I will either lash out or I shrink or I become quiet. Um, it, it's like I withdraw from the conversation. I withdraw from the interaction. I'm withdrawing from that engagement uh, or I'm trying to push it away because it's so uncomfortable. It's so foreign, right? I was never good at math. I was never good at algebra. I was never good at writing. Um, I was never good at school. I was never good at building, right? We're able to come up with all these things that we were not good at and we can rationalize why we were not good at these things. But I want you to slow down and I want you to think, okay, what are my strengths, right? I'm good with words. I'm, I'm good with abstract thoughts. I'm good with art. Uh, I'm good with creating things. I'm good with developing. Um, or maybe you're a person that is more like laser focused, right? I'm, I'm good with putting things into order. I'm good with solving problems, which makes me good with solving equations, right? Once I get the pieces to the puzzle, I can really work this stuff out. And so when you identify your strengths, then you have to look at what your weaknesses are. And, and as you begin to identify your weaknesses, then you got to work out some ways that you can develop those things, right? So, um... And I'm talking about this because we just we just did this the other day. Uh, we went to the range and we had to do some qualifications with our handguns. And we always talk about shooting as a perishable skill, right? And and it really is. So if you've never fired a gun, it's fairly easy. You uh, you you point and you pull the trigger and bang bang bang, right? Once you start talking about the fundamentals of shooting, your stance, the, the follow through, and all those other things. Um, you start to see that if you're not practicing this stuff, then that skill set begins to perish. Okay, and that's just like everything else that we're going to talk about um, when we dig into like your daily routines and your habits. Those will begin to perish. So I have a routine. I get up and I do some type of exercise, whether it's walking or yoga or running. Um, or spinning or swimming or, or going to the gym to go lift. I have some type of a routine that I get into and I'm, and I'm ready for that. I'm looking forward to that. I have a ritual, something that I do, right? When I was doing all my testing for the police departments, especially when I had my tests for uh, the psych stuff, every morning I would get up and I would go run because that is mentally preparing me for the test. It's mentally preparing me for the day. Right. So I get up, I go run my two miles. And as I'm running those two miles, I'm shedding any kind of stress, any kind of anxiety, anything that's like building up inside of me. I'm shedding it. I'm releasing it. I'm getting those endorphins rolling. It's going to be a good day, going to be a good day. Right. And I'm moving, moving, moving. And, and then I come in and now it's time to take the dog out and then it's time to, to make my breakfast, right? My, my soup, I've gotten it ready the night before. So all I have to do as everything is running together is just get dressed. I'm ready. Got my game face on. I got a certain time that I want to be out of the house because I know how long it's going to take me to get there. I don't want to be in a rush. I don't want to be in a rush. I want to just be able to flow through the day, right? So that's the power of... of, of the routine. Now, the power of the habits are you're going to be able to know, right, uh, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are by identifying your routines and your habits, right? If you're a person that struggles with discipline, you struggle with self-discipline, right, and you probably have uh, really weak impulse control, you're probably not somebody that makes the bed up. 
you're probably not somebody that does the dishes when you need them to be really be done, right? You're probably not somebody that washes clothes on time, right? Um, you're probably not the type of person that can be counted on uh, when someone needs to get something done. So your routines and your habits, they're going to speak to your strengths and weaknesses, okay? And that is why it's so important to nail these things down. Um, when I get up in the morning, even if Jay is not getting up at the same time, I make up my side of the bed, right? Because that's something that I do every morning. Now, I do it for two reasons. One, I do it because that means I've accomplished something immediately out of bed. Really, I've accomplished two things. Well, we could say three. First thing is I got my ass up, right? Pow. That's one thing I accomplished. Alarm clock goes off. Ha, coach is on his feet. All right. The second thing is I got out of the bed. Right. I got out of the bed. How many times does that alarm clock go off? And you're like, ah, okay, man, snooze. Just need eight more minutes. Okay. Eight minutes goes by. Snooze. All right. Okay. I promise at, at, at 630, I'm going to get up at 630. Well, it's 6.31. All right, so uh, 6.40. 6.40. I'm getting up. I promise it's 6.40. All right, it's 6.40 and a half. Okay, well, 6.50. I'm, I'm getting up at 6.50. I promise I'm getting up at 6.50. Matter of fact, I'm going to set two alarms. I'm getting up at 6.50. And then you wake up at 7.15. And now you're rushing. All right, you're rushing. You started the day rushing. Why? Because you defeated yourself from the time that you first opened your eyes. So when that alarm clock goes off, you gotta get up, you gotta get up. You gotta wake up, you gotta get up, and you gotta make the bed up. That's three easy wins right there that I just gave to you. You gotta wake up, you gotta get up, you gotta make the bed up. That's three easy wins right there. Right there, you've already set yourself up, right? And then you're gonna have your stuff ready the night before so when you get up you're just rolling through the day my clothes are ready my food is ready i already know what i'm gonna eat in another episode i'm going to break down the power of decision making and why it's so important to not fill your day up with meaningless decisions because that actually strips away from your mental energy when you're making all these uh, meaningless decisions okay so that first part was about being honest with yourself, identifying your strengths and your weaknesses, and then working to enhance those weaknesses, okay? Working to, to get into those things. Um, the, the weaknesses also help to make you who you are, right? They, they show people, uh, in a sense, what your limitations are, okay? And uh, we don't want to keep, keep people guessing about what we can and can't do and, and we don't want people to be in a space where they judge us or treat us based on these limitations right so we got we got to break out of that okay um the second thing i want to talk to you about step number two is to be willing to adjust okay go back to the episode the power of the pivot one of the earlier episodes i i told you uh, that it is the most listened to episode. Why? Because a lot of people have to learn how to pivot. They do. People struggle with the pivot. 
They do. I promise they do. They struggle with the pivot. It's so hard to divorce themselves from the first draft. It's so hard that they were wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Guess what? It is a part of the human experience is to think one thing, to be hit with a different fact, and to be wrong. And there is nothing wrong with being wrong. It's part of it, right? It's a learning experience. Uh, in, in academia and in, in, in any type of training, they call it a learning curve, right? So, and that power of the pivot, it's, it's, it's like you set out to do something, right? And, and, and life, again, is not linear. So that means that there's no straight line from A to B. Um, there's going to be all kind of detours and distractions and things that come along that, that, that kind of just slow you down in the process. And so what we're looking for in this second step is that even though things are happening that are slowing you down, you're pivoting. All you're doing is just stepping off to the side, rerouting, because we're still going towards that goal, still going towards that finished product, whatever it is. We're still driving towards it, right? It's like um, when I'm using Google Maps or Apple Maps, right, and then they, they pop up, hey, there's a 10-minute slowdown on the route because there's a crash, or it says the left lane is blocked 12 miles ahead, or it'll pop up and say, um, there is a faster route that will save you 30 minutes. Would you like to be rerouted, right? So that's the same thing. You're just pivoting. And sometimes you have to take a detour to get back to that goal that you were trying to get to, right? There's been a few times now, I think five times where I um, have driven to Florida or driven back to Kentucky. I mean, and, and I know the highways, I know the roads, I know the time that I need to be in Atlanta to deal with that crazy traffic. I know what time I need to avoid Atlanta so I don't have to deal with the crazy traffic, right? Um, I know what time I need to get in and out of Nashville, just different things like that, that you learn along the way. How did I learn that? Because I ended up in Nashville at a horrible time for traffic, because I ended up in Atlanta at a horrible time for traffic, right? And so I locked that down. Now it's in my head. I know I don't want to be anywhere near Atlanta between 3.30 and 6.30 in the afternoon. And I don't want to be anywhere there between 7 a.m. and 9.30 in the morning, right? So when I make my travel plans, I'm arriving and exiting in between those two time frames when I'm going into Atlanta, right? So that's the power of the pivot, okay? Number two. I'm sorry, not number two, still on two. You also have to understand that sometimes we can be right and still be wrong. Let me say it again. Sometimes we can be right and still be wrong. Okay? You could be in a situation where, for instance, you've gone through therapy, okay? And, and you've received this healing. Right. You're working towards being a better you, being your best self. You're doing all the work and therapy is really working for you. I mean, it's bringing up all these unresolved traumas and all this stuff that is coming out that that was holding you back from having a healthy relationship, not just with yourself, but with other people around you. It was holding you back from excelling at your job, holding you back from excelling at your faith, holding you back from excelling at school, whatever it is, whatever goal you had, 
Um, you had these these things that were weighing down on you that were holding you back. And so you you did something to make yourself better, right? To release you from these things that were holding you back. And then you meet somebody or you know somebody um, or there's someone close to you and you're like, oh my God, like we've been connecting in trauma for all this time and now I'm healed and, and I'm a different person and now I'm seeing you differently and I don't want to lose you. And so I, I, I want you to go to therapy too because listen, if the healing worked for me and it's so good, I want you to get some of the healing too. And they're, they're rejecting the healing and you're like, oh my God, why are you rejecting the healing? The healing is good. It feels good to be healed. What? And they're rejecting it. And you got to understand that even though you're right, even though you're right, they do need to be healed, right? Even though you're right, they need to do the work. Even though you're right, you're wrong. The healing's not for them. They don't want it. You can't force it on them, right? You got to let them get to it on their own, in their own time. Because at one point in time, somebody was trying to take you and you were like, nah, I'm good. You know, hey, listen, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to pray about this. Uh, I'm going to sleep on this. I'm going to talk to my mama about this. Um, I'm going to talk to my granny about this. Uh, matter of fact, I'm not even about to deal with this because I don't do negative, right? I, positive only. So I say again, sometimes we can be right and, and we can still be wrong. And that's okay because pivot, right? I love it. Pivot. So if, if, I'm, if I'm doing something and it's the right thing, but it's, it's maybe coming at the wrong time. Cool. I accept you as you are, but I'm also going to leave you where you're at. And we just have to see each other when we see each other. And that goes for anything that's happening in your life. Anything. Doesn't have to just be people. Anything. Sometimes you can grow up and you can have had a goal or idea or something. And and now that you've grown and you see the world differently, right? Or you see yourself differently, this, this uh, idea that you had or this goal is no longer in alignment with you. And you can leave it where it's at. You can appreciate it for what it was and where it got you to. And you can leave it where it's at and continue on. All right. So that was number two was to be willing to adjust. Number three, you got to manage your money better. Now, in a TikTok video, I told you that there's a difference when you don't have enough money, right? You need to make more money to cover your bills, okay? That's one thing. But it's totally different when you just have poor spending habits, right? You have poor financial discipline. So we're going to just dive into this a little bit here, okay? The first thing you have to do is to look at your spending, now, some people would say you got to look at how much money you're making, but we're not going to do that. And here's why. If if I tell you that you have eight hours to get this work done, you will stretch the work for the full eight hours. Right. I gave you eight hours. There's no incentive for you to get done faster. So you're going to make what would probably be four hours of work, two hours of work stretched to be eight hours. But if I tell you, you need to get this done, and I don't give you a time limit, you are now going to devote yourself to the work because you don't know how much time I've given you, right? I could come back in 30 minutes and expect for it to be done. So the reason I'm not starting with how much you're making 
is because if you see that you're making more money than you actually think you are, you're going to find a way to stretch your expenses to meet your income. And that's not what we want to do, right? We want to live below our income so that we can save, right, for the future, okay? So we've got to look at our spending. And this is the way that, that I do my budget. I take what I call my primary expenses, right? So that's like rent, my car, my uh, getting prints as dog food, uh, the utilities, different things like that. Those are my primary expenses. And then any uh, secondary expenses are going to be like credit cards, loans, um, any, anything additional that is not a necessity for living, right? Not a necessity for living is going to be in the secondary thing. So once I get that down, okay, and, and I can't give you a whole financial class right now, but once I get that down, I'm going to make sure I'm making enough money to first pay those primary expenses because those loans, those credit cards, all that stuff, listen, it can wait. It can, I'm here to tell you, it can wait. Those people that own those businesses, the callers and everything, they're going to want to negotiate with you to get something at some point. But in the meantime, while you're trying to get everything together, just put it on the back burner. Focus on the primary because these are the things that you need to pay to keep a roof over your head, to keep food in your house, right? This is the stuff that needs to be paid right now to meet your base level of needs, okay? So you got to look at your spending. And once you have your primary, um, primary bills and secondary bills, then you have to look at your goals, right? What are my saving goals, okay? Or even sometimes I, I create spending goals. So I only want to spend this much money this month. If I'm going out somewhere, I only want to spend this much money in this place, right? So when you begin to compare the two, you can see, um, am, I, am, I, am I using my money properly, right? Because when we sit down and, and we come up with our goals, right? I want to get a house. I want to get a new car. I want to pay off this debt. I want to you know, do X, Y, and Z. Sometimes our habits are out of alignment with the goals that we make. One of the biggest ways that we see this is in money management, money discipline, right? So if you get your goals and your spending into alignment, right, you're then going to take control of a significant portion of your life. That's it, okay? Now, the thing I want you to think about here is do you need more money or do you need more discipline? Okay? And you'll see this once you make your budget. Once you make the budget, that's when you bring in how much you're you're making, right? So you're going to have your net income and you're going to see that and you'll subtract your primary uh, bills and your secondary bills from the net income, and that'll let you know what you actually have to save, or you might be in the red, right? Which means you could be coming up negative. That's gonna let you know how much you need to make. The idea here is not to break even. You wanna be able to take 10%, ideally, of your gross income, your gross income, 
okay? You want to be able to take 10% of that gross income every pay period and put it into some type of a savings account, IRA, a 457B, which is a deferred compensation, something that is going to build up interest, right, over time that you can't touch so that when you get ready to retire 20, 25, 30, 40 years from now, this money will continue to accrue interest as you keep adding money to it. And you'll have a, a decent amount of money saved up so that when you get ready to retire, you don't have to keep working, right? You, you don't have to be a greeter at Walmart. You don't have to, to be, you know, um, uh, just, you know, an older person still working in some type of menial labor um, doing something to try to make ends meet, right? Ideally, that is the, the purpose behind financial discipline, okay? Number four is, is you have to know when you need help. This is something that gets a lot of people jammed up, right? They, they, they don't really know when they need help. So I'm, I'm going to tell you how you can identify this, right? This is why one of the reasons why I make my bed up in the morning, okay? So um, years ago, I used to struggle with like anxiety and irritability and depression uh, and, and fatigue and exhaustion. And I was really getting into all these different things. I was making a lot of bad decisions. Uh, I was doing things that were like self-sabotaging behaviors, all kind of crazy stuff, right? But what I found is when I have a routine, when I have something that I stick to, whenever those like thoughts or ideas or anything like that starts to try to reoccur, right? Sometimes I refer to it as like spiraling. Whenever I start spiraling, I'm able to notice because I'm, I'm getting out of my habits, getting out of my routines. I'm not making up the bed. I'm not taking Prince walking. Um, you know, I'm I'm not enthused about talking to people. I'm not returning phone calls. I'm not I'm not sending my good morning messages first, right? People are having to send me good morning messages, right? So right there is just five things that I, I have in my habits, right? In my toolbox that if I'm not doing one of these five things or two of these five or three of these five, it's time for me to check in with myself. Yo, uh, Demetrius, what's up? What's going on? You know, you, you ain't made the bed. In, you ain't made the bed in three days. All right, you, you ain't took the dog walking in four days. Like, what's going on? Let's let's let's. It's time to sit with ourselves. Let's. What's up? We, do we need to call Janae? Do we need to call Quentin? Do we need to do what's up? You know what's going on here? So, you gotta know when you need help. Um, for me. I withdraw, right? It, it's kind of like my my cousin and I, we joke about it, but it's kind of like being a wounded animal, right? Like, it's kind of like you go away and you go lick your wounds. And it's not that anybody did anything to me. It's just uh, sometimes when I get into that dark place, I withdraw and then I, 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 I focus and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm locked into like this dark cloud that's going on, right? That's the old way that I used to handle that kind of stuff. Uh, now I recognize, especially, you know, shout out to therapy and growth, right? I recognize that uh, nobody's coming to bring you out of that. Most of the time, nobody knows you're in it. Why? Because you've withdrawn. Nobody knows. And, you know, like, 
if if you like me, I'm this high energy person in the group, right? And so um, when I'm in the group and, and and I'm with everybody, I'm smiling, I'm happy, and so uh, and then a lot of people call me and they talk to me about their problems, and you know, and and we hash it out and we get them going where they need to go. And so nobody would assume that um, I would be one of the people that would be struggling with something, right? Unless I say something or if they see me or um, like my cousin Janae and I, which is very in tune and, and my mom as well, you know, or it's just or certain ways that I communicate or don't communicate when I'm going through something and they know that they 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 reach out, right? The universe just sends little vibes and they, they reach out, you know, and they say, hey, I'm calling you. Is, is everything okay? You know, I just... I don't know. You just on my mind. Is everything all right? You know, so just, you know, the divine timing of God. But what I'm telling you here is you got to know when you need help, right? Like I know when I need help, right? And and I reach out, right? I reach out to my therapist, reach out to my family, reach out to my friends. I reach out. I utilize my support system, right? I'm not afraid to do that anymore, right? So um, you got to identify your triggers for... When you begin to spiral, you know, maybe you start drinking more, maybe you withdraw, maybe you stop texting, um, maybe you want to be out of the house more, wanna be, right? Because the problem is in the house, so you want to be out of the house, right? Maybe you shut down, um, uh, maybe you lash out or you become irritable. You got to figure out what those triggers are, what those indicators are for yourself um, when it's time for you to reach out and say, hey, you know, listen, I'm going through something. I need to have a venting session or I'm going through something. I need some advice. Um, but can you listen first? Let me get it out. And then I'll take your advice. Right. Um, so I just I want to give you some 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 ways that you can get some help. Right. I'm not just going to sit here and tell you to um, pray about it without ceasing, because what what I know to be true is that prayer works for me, but not just prayer on its own, right? Uh, I like to talk to my close family and friends, and and they help me as, I, as I'm working my way through it, right? They help me as I'm working my way through it. Now, I'm still going to rely on my faith, absolutely, but uh, I'm also relying on my village to help me get over that hump, right? So, Faith is a really good one, right? If, if you're a faith-based person uh, or a spiritual person, it's a really good one. Be in tune with that. The other one is family and friends, right? They can be vital, but you got to make sure you're not connecting with these people uh, in trauma, right? If you're only sitting there and every time you're going through something, all you do is go on the phone and vent, and then it's like you're having this competition about whose life is worth, like, excuse my language, but fuck that. That's not what, that's not what this is about, right? It's, I'm telling you, this is happening to me. You telling me this is happening to you. Okay. This, what? No, that's crazy. It's nonsense. Stop that. You're not connecting with people in trauma, right? Now, if you call me with a problem, I'm going to give you the floor. I'm going to let you talk about whatever it is, but towards the end of this, the middle, something I'm going to expect for you to have a solution, right? To have an idea of where you want to go, because I'm going to ask you, all right, so I heard you out. I understand more clearly what's happening. Um, 
what what is the intended outcome that you're looking for right because once you have identified the problem and then the intended outcome now we need to figure out what's going to happen in the middle to get you to this intended outcome okay the other thing is therapy now there are a lot of people who are um are you know apprehensive about therapy especially in the black community uh because we grow up just hearing you know oh man you know you're going to therapy are you crazy uh you fucked up in the head uh you got screws loose you soft um in police work you know being a firefighter in the military they call you broken um man there's just all kinds of different stigmas associated with going to therapy and here's the thing the people that are telling you not to go to therapy they're messed up individuals themselves. They usually are telling you not to go to therapy because they have an apprehensiveness about going because they don't want to uncover all these things that are going on with them, right? They, they don't want anybody to peel those layers back on them and to show who they really are, okay? So here is the thing about therapy and healing. Now, it's not all rainbows and sunshine uh, all the time. In fact, most of the time, it's pretty tough work because you are going to be going back talking about um, trauma that occurred to you if, if you've experienced it in your childhood and your teenage years and young adult years, and, you know, midlife stuff. Um, it could be work related. It could be family related. Uh, it could just be internal things that you've struggled with that you've never shared. There's no telling what all you might want to share with your therapist. And and then therapy is a lot like dating, right? You, you're going to have to date a, a couple of therapists to find the right one. I've had several over the course of my life. Now I have a black female that understands the intersectionality between um, my sex, sexuality, my career choice, um, my race, uh, and and then, you know, just like my academic standing and, and then all these other things, right? And so uh, I found a really good therapist and we vibe really well and it's, it's amazing. And so, you know, all this information is being shared. So therapy, you should try it. Check into it. If it's a good fit for you, then, you know, hoorah, you made a good decision and it's going to benefit you for the rest of your life. If you get into it and it's not your thing, hey, no sweat. You tried something new, it didn't work for you, and now you're moving on to something else, okay? Number five, do not be afraid to fail. I, I say this over and over again, fail forward, right? Fail forward. Listen, every time... I've ever said that I want to do something. I've always tried to reach out and touch it, at least touch it, at least touch it, right? That's how I ended up down in Florida. For years, for years, I manifested that. I Listen, I was in my early 20s, like I might have just been 20, right? No, I was in undergrad, so I was like 19. And I kept saying, I want to live in Florida, I want to live in Florida, I want to live in Florida, okay? 10 years later, where am I at? I'm in Florida, okay? I said that I wanted to see what California was like. I flew all the way out to California twice to, to test out with the police department out there when I was like almost 21. I didn't get hired on. 
They told me I needed more life experience, right? They said, hey, literally, hey, we appreciate you coming out and making the effort, right? You're a young man. You're almost finished with undergrad. And uh, we see that you're very dedicated, but we just don't feel like you have enough life experience. And they were right. I didn't. I had no business being the police at 21. What? No, absolutely not. Probably would have messed that up. Okay. It's not on this list, but every, every closed door is not a rejection. Sometimes it's a blessing. Right. At the, that point in time, I had applied to the San Jose Police Department and uh, they were in real bad shape then. Um, I think they're doing a little bit better now. I haven't really been keeping up. But at the time, they were in real bad shape. Um, and, and I could have gotten hurt out there because of lack of manpower, lack of equipment, right? Lack of support. Anything could have happened to me um, at that point. And so, so, so every closed door is not a rejection. It is protection, right? And, and look at what happened, right? So I didn't get on. Um, I didn't get on in San Jose. And, and I remember I had a boss at, at GFS. His name was Brent Payne. And, and when I told him I was going out there to, to do this test, he looked at me and he was like, Demetrius, they're never going to hire you. Never going to hire you. Right. But anytime somebody's ever told me, anytime somebody's ever told me that I can't do something simply because of who I am, right, simply because of who I am, it makes me go harder. Right. It makes me dig in and, and OK. I'm going to show you who I am. I'm going to show you who I am, right? And and so I remember after he said that, I set out on a mission. Oh, man, I set out on a mission. I was going to get hired somewhere. And then what happened? I got hired with Clarksville, Indiana, and I became the first black police officer they'd ever hired. It's crazy how it works, right? And then um, we're going to talk about this about me leaving Clarksville and going to the insurance company and then coming back to Louisville Metro. So I'm going to put a pin in that, okay? But I just want you to understand that you got to fail forward, okay? This, this, this second part actually kind of leads into this a little bit. It's that starting over is not always a bad thing. It's not, right? Starting over is not always a bad thing, okay? I've lived in Kentucky and uh, Louisville. Uh, I lived in Clarksville. I lived in Jeffersonville. I lived in Indianapolis. Um, I came back to Louisville, and and for a little bit, I lived uh, I lived in Bowling Green when I worked for Meyer. I helped them open up a store in Bowling Green. Um, that was the first time that I'd ever traveled for work and stayed somewhere extensively. Uh, and they paid me to train the new loss prevention agents that worked there at the time. Um, I mean, when I left Meyer, I went to work for Travelers Insurance. Phenomenal job. Great perks, great benefits. I met some amazing people that I still stay in contact with. And I traveled all over the country when I worked for Travelers. I went all over the country. Not for my job, um, but it was for myself. I just I wanted to travel. I went everywhere that I could. Anywhere on that map that I said I wanted to go, I made it happen. I went to all the concerts I wanted to go to. I, listen, I did it all, okay? And it was because I, I've never truly been afraid of starting over. Have I been nervous? Yes, absolutely. Do the butterflies still come up? Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Do I get nervous that I'm going to go somewhere where I don't know the people? Yes, absolutely. Right. When I left my old police department, right, left my old police department and, and I came down to Florida, nervous, the whole ride, nervous, the whole ride. Right. Because I, I had I had packed up my apartment. I sold all my big stuff, threw everything else away. I had a Dodge Challenger at the time. I had my dog in the back. I picked up my boy Cancellor at 3 a.m. And, and uh, I had loaded my car up and anything that didn't fit in the trunk and then in the bottom part of uh, the behind the seats, it didn't go. Right. So I had got rid of everything else in my apartment and only took what would fit in my car. Right. That was it. And so um, I tell you that because I was starting over big time, big time, thousand miles away from family, friends, everybody that I knew. Right. Um, coming down to start a new job, right? And I tell you this story because the job that I had intended on getting, right? I, I was a week out from being hired. I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't get it, right? And that was almost some, um, it was almost like 10 months ago. So then in the course of like the next 10 months, man, I had to hustle, I had to dig and dig and dig, and I kept applying, kept applying, and I kept getting rejected, 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 rejected. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I have the list. Listen, and I don't, I don't dwell on this, right? I don't dwell on this. Now, did I let this eat me up in the beginning? Yes, I did. This is my list. These are all the agencies that I applied to, okay? Did I let this eat me up in the beginning? Absolutely. you damn right I did. Why? Why? Because I was qualified. I had the time, right? I had the experience. I had the education. I had it all. I couldn't figure it out why I wasn't getting hired. Why? Because every closed door is not rejection, right? It's protection. Because now I'm where I'm supposed to be, right? I had my swearing-in ceremony uh, yesterday. I'm working for a department down here in Florida. I got hired. They have better benefits, better pay. It's everything. Better, better, better from the department that I came from, right? So this is why I tell you that starting over is not always a bad thing. It could be nervous, nerve-wracking. It could be scary. Absolutely. Yeah, right? But once you get your feet under you, and you remember who you are and what you're going after, you'll be fine, okay? It takes us to number six. You got to get around some good people. And that takes me into talking about the shirt and then talking about the coin, okay? So every day at work, I still carry my old squad coin from my time with Louisville Metro. And I still wear my shirt that our squad made. Why? Because these are good people. These are good people. When I go in town and I get to see them, right, it's amazing. Man, I love hugging them. I love talking to them. I love seeing what they're doing, right? I'm still in the squad group chat. Ten months later, still in the squad group chat. They still check in with me. I check in with them. We still talk. It's just like I'm there, right? Sometimes they call me on the phone. Sometimes I call them. Um, I still get invited to like the weddings and the parties and everything. And if I can fly up, I go. If I can't, I, I send my thanks and I try to send gifts and stuff. Um, but good people, 
you got to be surrounded with good people that now these are are like this is my my work family right it's my work family that, that and we became really really close but i also have my personal family right my mom and dad my dad has been working uh away from home he caught a flight to fly down here my mom was working a job where she was doing a bunch of overtime and, and, you know, she put that on hold so that she could fly down here so that they could be a part uh, of my ceremony, right? Got to be surrounded with good people, right? My, my significant other made time to be present. Got to be surrounded by good people because you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time around. So if you are surrounding yourself with lackluster people, right? People who not don't have dreams, don't have goals, not going anywhere, not doing anything, not talking about anything. What do you think is going to happen to you? You. What do you think is is what do you think is gonna to happen to you? You're going to lower yourself to the standard so that you can fit in, so that you can be around them, right? So who you have in your circle is so important, right? Everybody that I've ever really gotten close with is about their business, right? Whether they're trying to get a house, they're focused on creating a better environment for their children, uh, they have career goals. They have education goals. They they want to become their best self, and they're working on that, right? Um, they might be into fitness. They might be into reading. Uh, they are into podcasting, vlogging, blogging. Uh, they might want to be the best police officer, the best trainer, um, the best firefighter. Whatever it is, everybody I, I sincerely surround myself with. Um, Generally, they are a goal-oriented person. They're somebody that I can lean on if I need to be pushed, right? Or their conviction to accomplish their goals, right, is going to rub off on me. And it's going to make me want to get out there and get it done, right? It's not, not that I'm in competition with my friends. I'm not in competition with my friends because when they win, I win. When I win, they win, right? But by seeing them get to work and focus on their business, right? And I'm not talking about like running an actual business. What I'm talking about is 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 whatever their business is at that time. Like sometimes it's it's my business to read two books a month. That's my business. That's what I do. I don't get paid to read, right? But I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading. And that's my business. And so I have a friend that also enjoys reading. And so we talk about books that we read, right? And, and that is how we move each other forward. We share books, right? We're sharpening each other, right? We're aligning with one another. So if, if, you, if you have a circle of people, or maybe you just have one or two people, right? But you're not growing together. You're leaving from these conversations, from, from these hangouts, and you're not growing. You don't feel fulfilled. Stop wasting your time. Time is currency. You cannot get it back. You cannot buy more of it, right? It's so invaluable, right? Every day, we're getting closer to dying. Every day, no doubt about it, getting closer to dying, okay? 
And so you have to be conscious about the way that you are investing your time and who you're investing your time with. All right. So number seven, know what your values are. It's a perfect segue here. Okay. Your values are going to determine how you carry yourself. Right. How you conduct yourself. What you allow to happen around you. What what you allow to be involved in. Okay. Um, The best explanation that I have for you is that in policing, you're going to see people who are great police officers, average police officers, mediocre police officers. You're going to see some people doing some things that you like, oh, my God, you work here. Like, how are you still employed? Right. And now then I want you to think this is all jobs. There's high performers, uh, mid performers, low performers and people who have just been skating by because nobody is checking their work product. Right. So you got to think, what do you stand for? Right. What do I stand for? What do I stand for? Do I stand for humility and compassion? What do I stand for? Do I stand for ambition? I don't know. What is it? What do you stand for? When you identify your values, those things that are important to you, those things that help move you forward, and then you start to look at what you stand for, they should be in alignment this word alignment, everything has to be in alignment in order for you to be moving forward, right? It's 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 just like driving a car. Um, when I had my Challenger, a drunk driver hit it, messed up the back end significantly. When they put it all back together, the um, back end had slipped out of alignment when I was driving, and the front of the car would be going straight, but the back of the car would start drifting. It would start drifting. And so I had to take it back in and get it serviced so that it would go straight again, right? And that's what happens when we are out of alignment. Um, our goals are moving forward. Our visions are progressing, right? We're seeing that. But but our movement, our movement is off. We're like guiding over, guiding over, right? Until we get back on the path. And now we're going back, okay? So... You got to ask yourself, why are your dreams important? Now, Eric Thomas talks about this and a couple other um, big, big like life coaches, motivational speakers talk about this is, is the why, right? W-H-Y, the why. Your why has to be big enough and important enough because you're going to have days where you don't feel like doing it, right? Now, I'm going to go, mm, we'll do the Iron Man first. Right. I'm going to talk to you about the Ironman first. Okay. For the Ironman, I had a crazy uh, workout schedule. It was crazy. I'd never done it before in my life. Never done anything like it before in my life. Uh, But what I learned is that I can push myself even beyond the limits that I thought uh, I had reached. Right. Because in in martial arts, um, I'd done a lot in martial arts. I'd done a lot of fighting, a lot of things like that. But what I learned during the Ironman was that I could push myself even further, like even further I could push myself, right? I could work 12 hours and then I could get on a bike and bike for six hours and then go home and take a nap and then get up and go back to work again for another 12 hours, right? And then when I got off, I could go for a 10-mile run the next day. So I, I learned that I could push myself. And that most of 
this like weight, the the weight, the W-E-I-G-H-T, the weight was in my brain. It was in my head. It was psychological, right? Oh, I'm tired. Whew, I'm really fatigued today. I, mean, I just want to get in the bed. I can't take another step. Oh, my butt is hurting so bad. I just want to get off this bike. Right. So it, it's it's mental. Don't get me wrong. My body was tired. Right. Body tired. But the brain will give out before the body gives out. Right. The brain gives out before the body. So what, what I found is that if, if I keep pushing, if I keep pushing, if I take the voice that's trying to get loud, right, that voice of doubt that's trying to get loud, if I push, 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 push. And just find a mantra, forward progress, know you're strong, right? Find your happy pace, right? Forward progress, know you're strong, find your happy pace, right? Um, form, focus on the form, right? Quality over quantity. Just whatever I needed to say for the course uh, of that time that I was in that dark place to get myself out of it, I needed to say it. And that's what a lot of this is. A lot of a lot of developing yourself is a mental thing because you're going to have these things that have happened to you, you've seen happen to other people, or other people have told you about that challenge your ability to live your best life, right? To expect to live your best life even, right? And, and so you stay in this constant state uh, of hyper arousal because you're waiting for the ball to drop, waiting for something bad to happen. All right, I'm going to put a pin in that because we're coming back to that. All right. Number eight, work where you enjoy it. Money is not everything. Now, I bring this up, okay? Some of you need to make more money. You do. All right. You might be in over your head in debt or you might have kids or something like that. And you got to sacrifice for a little bit. All right. And in that little bit, I don't know what that's going to look like for you. It could be a few months. It could be a few years. It could be 18 years. I don't know. All right. But you got to sacrifice. OK. Um, for those of you that this is applicable to, I want you to understand that when I worked in insurance, I made excellent money. I had a take home car. I had a gas card. I had like 35 uh, vacation days every year. Plus, I only worked Monday through Friday, um, 8 to 4. And I made my own schedule. And I worked from home. And my company paid for my home internet. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's just tons and tons and tons and tons of benefits for a young man that had just graduated from uh, undergrad, right? But on the inside... I was not happy. I did not feel fulfilled. And this is why I try to treat people with grace and, and respect because I understand that everybody is fighting a, a, a battle that I, I might not see. I don't know anything about. Maybe I've never experienced it. Right. I was showing up to work. I'm a, I'm a high functioning person. And I found that that um, when I am depressed, I am a high functioning depressed person as well. Right. I'm still producing. Man, I'm turning it up. And, and high-functioning, depressed people are some of your best employees. Why? Because 
They, they put everything else first because they don't want to deal with what they have going on, right? And so I was showing up. I was knocking stuff out. Um, I, I was getting good reviews, uh, uh, making very few mistakes, yada, yada. Um, but I would get up in the morning. I would go and adjust the claim. That would take a couple hours. And then I would come home, get undressed, and get back into bed. When it was time for my next claim, I would get up. I would get dressed. Uh, I would go adjust my claim. I would come back and get into bed. And I did this for weeks. Did this for weeks, right? It's horribly depressed. Hated my job. Hated my job. Loved the perks. Hated my job. Because it didn't speak to my passion, right? It didn't, I, I wasn't really helping people per se. Yeah, I mean, I was writing up estimates and providing payments, helping people get their homes fixed and stuff. But it's not the kind of help that I wanted to give. And so when I transitioned back into police work and I went to work for Louisville Metro, I took a 50% pay cut immediately, walking in the door, 50%. Lost all my vacation days. I went from 35 days to like 12 days a year. I went from excellent health insurance to pitiful insurance. I lost a very, very good 401, uh, 401k with Vanguard to a um, terrible 401k that was run by the state of Kentucky. I, I went from not having to pay for any equipment, any uniforms, had a brand new Ford Fusion as my work car, to a 2005 Crown Vic, and I had to take out a loan from the police credit union to purchase my equipment and stuff. So um, I tell you that because all those negative things are what could be seen as negative now about the police department, it didn't bother me. I didn't care. I was happy. I loved every minute of it. Right? Now, did I encounter some negativity and stuff along the way on the police department? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I love the people that I work with. I was working in a community that I grew up in, and I loved that. And I felt connected. It all was in alignment, right? Everything was in alignment. And what I will tell you is that when your life is in alignment and you are doing the things that speak to your anointing and to your purpose, the money comes. The money comes. You don't even have to be looking for it. It just comes. So the next part to that is that how you spend your time is more important than your money. You can make money, but you cannot make time. I, I, I go back to this discussion on time. Okay, You can make money, but you cannot make time. Uh, I love seeing my family. I love seeing my nephew. I love seeing my friends. I love it. I love taking my dog walking. I love when I get to take him to the park and let him run around, right? And we get to see the butterflies. And I get to throw his ball, and he enjoys chasing it. And we sit on the couch, and um, he'll lay his leg, I mean, he'll lay his head across my leg and just let me pet him. Or maybe we'll come and we'll lay on the carpet together, and uh, we'll just lay there just later and just be in one another's space, right? Because what I know to be true is I'm not going to get this time back, right? 
um, this year, right? I wasn't working, but there were some trips that I took. Why? Who knows? Anything could happen, right? So I went to Dubai. I went to Colombia. I went to El Salvador. I went to the Bahamas. I, I, I tried to do as much as I could with what I had available to me, right? Um, because I can't get that time back. Can't get it back, right? So I tell you that how you spend your time is more important than your money, okay? Number nine, don't get too far away from the stuff that makes you happy. All right, and I tell I tell you this as a person that has worked to get out of a dark place a couple times, and when I look back over what led to me being there, it is because I got too far away from the things that make me happy, right? The things that light me up on the inside. So I like hiking. I like walking in the park. I like being by the ocean. I like reading. Um, I, I like writing. Uh, I like reading a lot of different stuff, a lot of different types of literature. I like listening to classical music. I like listening to, to rock, uh, R&B. I like hip hop. Like, I just I like so much different stuff, right? I, I like going places um, and learning about different cultures. I like going places and looking at the architecture. Just I, I just love so much different stuff. And in my in my worst moments, I found myself getting away from the things that made me happy. And when you get away from the stuff that makes you happy, it increases your ability to focus on the negative. Right. And when you focus on the negative, it begins to intensify. Right. Because whatever we whatever we focus on, that's what that's what intensifies for us. Right. So I, I'm telling you to to stay in the spaces that make you happy. Right. Or speak to that happiness because it's so easy to be negative. It's so easy. To be, I mean, if I. If, 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 if I sat with somebody and I asked them to tell me everything that has went wrong in their life, it'd be just coming, right? Just coming. But then if I said, okay, tell me 10 things that happened today that were good. They could probably give me two right away, but the next eight, they'd really have to think about. And it's because over time, as we get older, we, we just stop seeing the good and stuff, right? We just stop. And that's why it's so important that when you find yourself having these negative thoughts or you're in this negative space, you really have to talk about what is it that has been going good, right? Or what about my life have I gotten away from that I enjoyed, okay? Um, the other thing that I want to talk to you about is burnout, fatigue, and depression. Now, they are similar in some ways, and they're all very different, okay? You're going to recognize when you are experiencing one of these when you look up and maybe you enjoy fishing. Maybe you enjoy parasailing or snowboarding or whatever you do wherever you're at, right? Maybe you just enjoy taking naps. But because you're experiencing one of these things or something else, you're not even able to go to sleep and rest well. Right. Your napping schedule is off or you find that you haven't went fishing in six months. You have to be self-aware 
And this travels back to knowing when you need help, right? When you have a routine, when you have rituals, when you have habits, they help to act as indicators. And that's why I, that's why I stress it so much. They help to act as indicators. And they're going to, to guide you and send off a warning, right? Like a beacon. Hey, what's going on? You haven't been fishing in eight months. And uh, you've been very irritable at work. And you haven't been making your bed. And you've only been taking your dog walking for like two minutes each day. Um, and you're having problems at home. There's lots of arguments occurring. Uh, you feel very negative all the time, right? So all these like things are like blinking, right? And your body is 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 trying to get you to get it together, get it in gear, right? So be on the lookout for that stuff, okay? Number ten, you still have time. Such an important one. You still have time. I'm gonna take a sip. my green tea so listen you still have time such an important one here we put our own limitations on things right our own spin on them right i gotta be graduated from college by 22 married by 25 a house by 27 i want to have two kids by 30 uh, i want to be retired by 50 I want to have X amount of money in the bank by, you know, 45. Just all these crazy time constraints that we put on ourselves that really mean nothing. They mean nothing, okay? If it didn't go as planned, that's okay. It's okay. Sometimes we make mistakes and we get it wrong, and it's all a part of the learning process. So... If you tried something and it didn't work out for you, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up about it. Take a seat. Write out what it is you intended to do. Write out what it is you actually did. And then look at what happened. Right? Because when we're starting over, we're not starting over from scratch. We're not building something up from the mud. Right? We're starting over with experience. We're starting over from a place of having been here before and tried something. I think they talked about like Thomas Edison when he tried to make the light bulb or maybe it could have been somebody like Albert Einstein, somebody, Nikolai Tesla, I don't know, can't remember. Whoever it was, they tried like 10,000 times to get it right, 10,000 times. Can you imagine if they had stopped at like the first time or maybe they would have stopped at the 5,000 mark Maybe the 8,000 mark. Do you have it in you to try something 10,000 times to see if it's going to work out and to make minor adjustments and tweaks along the way, right? That's what it takes. When we talk about detours and distractions, that's what it takes, right? You got to be committed to the plan. No matter what it takes, you got to be committed to the plan, okay? I tell you this because... I almost gave up. Recently, I almost gave up. I was ready to throw in the towel, right? I had been down here for all this time. I had uh, I had applied all these places. I went to do all this testing. I paid all this money. I 
had did all these uh these long uh packets and stuff and i was really frustrated that it did not work out for me and what i do i spent 30 days it was probably actually longer than 30 days like praying like three times a day i was in deep prayer i was really frustrated you know um and I talked to my mom and my dad and my friends and my therapist and my lover and just I was really upset, right? I was frustrated. Almost gave up. But because I stuck it out, right? I stuck it out. I talked myself through it. Other people helped me get through it, right? I stuck it out and I came out on top. Now, is that going to be your story similar to mine? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that if you get into the habit of giving up just because it's tough, giving up because you're not seeing the results, right? You're not seeing the results. I posted an affirmation um, today that, that said, you know, do not despise small beginnings. And I meant that right? Don't discount your small beginnings. Along the way, you're planting the seeds. You're planting the seeds, right? This whole time, I've been planting seeds. I've been having all these interviews, like like 20-some interviews this year, right? I've been having all these interviews just for this one interview when I could wow this room, right? I, I had that one interview, and I, man, I tore that room up. Why? Because I had so much damn experience interviewing over the last six months before I had that interview, right? But I was planting those seeds, planting those seeds, grooming myself, grooming myself for the blessing, right? Developing myself to have the capacity to receive and retain it, okay? The next thing is that sometimes in going forward, we have to take a few steps back. So... Man, I was doing all kind of great stuff with Metro. And I was trying to go forward and get on somewhere else with better benefits, better pay that um, was in even more alignment with the stuff that I wanted to do for myself and my career. And I had to take a few steps back, right? Because it didn't work out in the time frame I thought it would. And that's okay. That's okay. Because in the end, I still got where I needed to be, right? divine or orchestration i'm still where i'm supposed to be i was always supposed to be in this space at this time doing what i'm doing right and so i'm still there okay which brings me to this last point for number 10 delayed but not denied that's the crux of what i really wanted to talk about today Things just don't work on our time, right? If they did, I would have been working way back in uh, in February. Way back in February, I would have been working. But the, the, the blessing was delayed, right? It was delayed because that place could not contain my anointing. All the other places I applied to couldn't contain my anointing. And so you, you got to be in a place where you start to understand that, that, that all these closed doors, they're not rejection. It's protection. God is trying to position you where you need to be so that the full spectrum of your anointing can be utilized, right? 
And sometimes in our haste, we, we want it. We want it right now. We want it right now. Like I got my I got my mind made up that, that this is where I want to be. This is what I want. But you got to understand that you haven't seen it. You haven't seen it because you, you can't even conceptualize it. Like I'm telling you that for me, for you, everybody we know, when we see ourselves, it's, it's a small it's a small window. Right. It's a small window. But but the things that are in store for us, it, it's enough to fill up a mansion, right? Our energy, our power, um, our ability to attract and, and, and to propel people forward. It's enough to fill up a mansion. But 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 when we see it, when we see it, we can only conceptualize what, what we see our strengths to be and the limitations of our weaknesses. And, and so we, we put a roadblock up and it's like, OK, I just want to do this. And I know in order to do this, I need to go here, here and here. And then, boom, I position myself. But I'm telling you that the closed doors, the closed doors, the closed doors are not the rejection, right? It is the delayment of your gratification so that you can be positioned where you need to be around the people, in the places, and around the things to truly develop and bring out the gifts of your anointing, right? To affect the most change possible. So you got to dig deep and be still. Cannot run from it. You cannot run from it. You cannot run from it. And so that's why I tell you, delayed, not denied, right? Do not despise the small beginnings, right? Delayed, not denied, okay? Somebody out there is working on something. You're working on something. You're trying to get it. You're trying to get it, and it's just not working for you, right? It's not coming into fruition in the time that you wanted it to be, right? We're coming into a new year, and this thing that I started this year is still not done. It's still not ready, and that's okay. That's okay because you haven't met the people yet. You haven't been to the places yet. You haven't done the things yet that are going to put you into alignment with what it is that you actually need to be doing to get where you need to be. And so God is delaying you until you get to that space where you can get the capacity to receive the blessing and retain the blessing and then pass it out to the other people. But once you get it, you're going to be good. Okay, so delayed, not denied. Now, these are two extra ones, okay? I want to be quick here. Be a lifelong learner. So I like to read. If you have trouble, stand on task. This is called the Morning Sidekick Journal. You can get this at Target. It is going to help you go day by day and list out what your morning ritual is going to be for the next day. And then you'll come back in here and you'll talk about if you are successful or not. That's one. Something that I use is a planner. I love this. Okay. So what I do is I go through my planner. <clears throat> I put in my dates. I put in my bills. I put in everything in my planner. Then I go to the actual days and I start to list out if there's anything special that needs to be done on those days. Okay. This is a gratitude journal. Now, I use it for a couple different things. 
I write down my business ideas. I write down my podcast ideas. I write down ideas for affirmations, um, all kind of stuff. But mainly, every day, I try to do it in the morning, right? But at some point during the day, I sit and I write at least three things that I'm grateful for, right? So I write the date, and then I, I write three things that I'm grateful for every day, right? And it helps me to stay in that space of gratitude, right? I, I'm, I'm just grateful to be in the space of the blessings, okay? And then the next thing is to read. So I've, I, I've read um, all these books this year. Let me make sure. Hold on. This is one I'm working on right now. Take that out. All right. So I read all these books so far this year, plus some other ones. So there's a book by Jamila Henderson. It's called It's Working for Your Good. Embracing Life Lessons While Finding Purpose in Your Pain. Small book, but I'm telling you, this woman's words are powerful. Powerful, powerful, powerful words. The other one is called I Hope This Helps, and it's by Nakia Homer. She's on Instagram. This book is full of manifestations and affirmations, and I read them every day. And if you pay attention to the affirmations, sometimes I will quote her work in the affirmations. This other one is by Tabitha Brown. It's her new book. It's called Feeding the Soul. As I read this, she reminded me of my great-grandmother, and I loved it. There were so many lessons in this book to just hold on to. Um, it was so amazing, right? This other one is called The Alchemist. It is written by a Brazilian author, and it talks about us like just being on our, uh, our uh, path to our destiny. What I enjoyed about it is that he wrote it as a work of um, he wrote it as a work of nonfiction, and through the art of storytelling, he takes you on this journey. This other book is by Mel Robbins, and it's called the Five Seconds. I'm sorry, the Five Second Rule. And I actually use this rule when I get up in the morning, right? Because when I start my alarm clock. Oh, well, you know, when I set the alarm clock and I get up at 4.30 or 5 in the morning, that's hard, right? It's hard. We can t Listen, we can't make no two ways about it. It's hard. And so on the days when I feel like, ah, oh, I really can't do this, and 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, get up, and I get up, right? It's a good book. It's called The Five-Second Rule. Um, my plan is to share her TED Talk about that uh, on one of the episodes. This other one is called The Sun Does Shine, and it's by Anthony Ray Hinton. And it is about his story um, where he was falsely convicted of um, a couple murders and robberies in the state of Alabama and sentenced to death row. And he spent about 30 years on death row. Um, and it is about his story, how he overcame. And uh, he almost was killed on death row. This other book is Will, and it is by Will Smith. This was a phenomenal read, uh, a phenomenal read. I highly recommend this book if you have young men in your home, um, if you are a young woman that is just trying to learn more about decision making and just the different trajectories of life. And um, I mean, there's just so much that I could go on to say about this book, but it is really good. 
So I, I, I bring all this stuff up because you have to do things that challenge your intelligence, right? And so I like to read because reading is, is it's challenging, right? You're learning new words. You're flexing that mental muscle. Um, you, it, it causes you to think about things that happened in your past, things that are happening now, right? And so that's why I love to read because I get to just see myself and just see everything, right? Um, the last thing I want to talk about and then, and then shut this down is that you need to celebrate your small wins. What does that mean? If you paid a bill for the first time, you got to celebrate that. If you finished a book, celebrate that. If you cleaned your house up, celebrate that. Um, if you had a difficult discussion with somebody, celebrate that. If you planted a plant or bought a new plant, celebrate that, right? You have more small victories in life than you do big victories. And I hope that makes sense, okay? You have more small victories in life than you do big victories. And what happens is when we get focused on only celebrating our big victories, we don't really learn how to celebrate ourselves. And so what ends up happening is that when people compliment us or when it's time for us to compliment or congratulate ourselves, we find that to be very difficult. And, and I'm here to tell you that it shouldn't be. When, when somebody tells you, man, you're really smart, you're very intelligent, um, when they give you a compliment on your beauty, tell you that you're handsome, you're well-dressed, you're well-mannered, you speak well, whatever it is, you should be able to take that compliment and say thank you without having to downplay your greatness. But that's a part of not celebrating yourself. So I'm telling you, it's so critical to celebrate your small victories, right? Because they happen far more often than our big victories. And then when we have those big victories, we celebrate those too, right? <laughs> we celebrate those too. So this, this ended up being like 12 steps to develop the life that you really want. And, and again, this, this list is not, um, it's not all inclusive. And, and there's just so, there's still so much more that, that I could tell you. Um, and, and it'll come out in later episodes but but I just want you to know that if you are doing any of these things on this list and you're already getting yourself set up for where you need to be to to be enjoying the life that you want to enjoy, because the, the majority of people are not coming out of their comfort zone. Right. They're not listening to a podcast or watching an episode that is talking to them about changing their decision making and is talking to them about challenging themselves. They're not, they're not taking the time to do that kind of stuff. Why? Because they're content with where they are, with what they have going on, with the people that they know, and, and they'd rather stay in those small spaces that while they're uncomfortable, they're very familiar, right? But the reason that you're here, the reason that you're listening the reason that you're doing the work, right, is because you don't want to be in those small spaces. You don't want to be in those places that are are uncomfortable but familiar, right? You would rather be somewhere that is unfamiliar but comfortable, right? Because you're looking for growth. And so I applaud you for that. And I hope that you keep looking for growth. I hope that you keep showing up. And my prayer is that God continues to give me 
content after content after content and ideas and, and interviews and continues to allow me to collaborate with other producers um, that I might be able to keep sharing this knowledge and wisdom with you so that you can grow. And, and it's, it's not about viewership and engagements or anything like that. I share the information that comes to me as it comes to me. And I just believe that there's somebody out there at that point in time that needs to hear it. And as long as I'm getting it out there, that's good enough for me. So I've held you here for an hour and like almost 23 and a half minutes. So I appreciate you for listening. I truly hope that this helps. Um, I look forward to producing um, more content. And uh, this has been Coach Latham underscore PhD. And uh, we are going to keep rocking and rolling and, and just keep this train going because I'm so excited to see where everybody, uh, where everybody ends up. And, and I truly love when I get those DMs and, and somebody's telling me that, you know, they're, li- they're, they're reading the affirmations, they're listening to the podcast, and then they're applying it to their lives. And they're seeing that it's working for them. They're seeing that it's making changes, right? They're getting up and they're they're getting up when I'm getting up, right? And I'm, I try to post these affirmations by 6 a.m. They're getting up to see the affirmation and get their day started. And that in and of itself is why I do what I do. So on that high note, <laughs> we're going to get out of here. And uh, I know Prince is probably tired of hearing me talking because he's laying down on, on the couch over here. So take care of yourself, be kind to yourself, right, as we come into the holidays, um, well, into the holidays again for Christmas and New Year's Eve, and um, just take care of yourself, right, just take care of yourself, so I appreciate you for tuning in, I appreciate you for listening, for watching, if that's how you're listening to the podcast today, and uh, we will talk again, all right, thank you.